Magandang araw po mga kaibigan, mga kababayan, maligayang buwan ng kalayaan. Ngayon po, salamat sa patuloy ninyong pagtangkilik sa Usapang Pinoy, a Georgia Asian Times podcast. Welcome po sa 25 Kabanata ng Usapang Pinoy. At kung hindi pa ninyo nagagawa, panahon na para mag-sign up for subscription at usapangpinoyga at gmail.com. Kailangan lang po namin ang inyong last name, first name, and email address. Itong episode po na ito ay very special because this is our Kalayaan episode. Ang ibig pong sabihin ay medyo mas mahaba ngayon ang episode natin because we have three important guests. This is a tribute to and our contribution to the Philippine Independence Day celebration this month. And as you know, there's a series of events and activities in the community. So, tatlo po ang bisita natin ngayon. Ang unang-una po ay sa ating guest is someone who is so, so culturally astute and is the event's cultural guru in Tampa, Florida. His name is Joel Omila. He will talk about what's the Philippine Economic Foundation in Inc., And for our Kalayaan Month, he will talk about the evolution of the Philippine flag, which is very interesting. And this is actually very good for our youth. Pa- at para na rin sa ating matatanda na medyo nakalipot, nakalimot na sa mga iba't ibang bagay tungkol sa ating Philippine flag. Ang second guest po natin ay si Maria Isabel Thompson, who is the chair of the 2022 Kalayaan Atlanta Festival, which is the culmination of all the Philippine Independence Day celebrations for the month. And I expect to have about 450 guests in the gala night on Sunday, June 12, doon po sa ating Pistry uh, Corners, ating venue, which I'm going to mention a little bit later. And, of course, ang ating pong third na and special guest ay isang napaka-espesyal na dalaga na uh, galing po sa Davao dahil ang kanyang pong produkto at ang kanyang idea has been is featured in the Kalayaan Festival. Siya po ay um, ang owner and designer and founder ng Musa Fabric. And she's Filipina and the reason why this is so important is number one, ang... Um, material po ng kanyang, lahat ng kanyang fashion and lahat ng kanyang uh, designs is made out of banana f- fabric. And you know, remember many day, many years ago ang ating pong Filipiniana at ating mga costumes are made of pineapple fiber. But this one is made of banana fiber. And I remember when I married my late husband many years ago, his barong Tagalog was made of banana fiber and it's really beautiful. And this Number two, It's very important to know about um, Musa is that she has an advocate advocacy for the indigenous tribe of Tagum or in Davao. So we will hear more about that when she comes back. And before I invite each and every one of them, I would like to give you an update of the calendar of events sa ating uh, community. Of course, you know about June 12, which is the Kalaya Angela Night. And that will be at Southern Exchange Room in Peachtree Street, Atlanta, Georgia, 30303. And by now, you should have received the emails of um, confirmation where to go uh, on that day. So June 14, to, uh, I'm sorry, June 13, um, because of popular demand from our uh, presentation of the Philippine history, the version you have not heard by Vic Romero, There is going to be a presentation from the National Association of Filipino Federations. Host that they were, will host this um, Zoom meeting with Vic Romero, which is going to be a take two of uh, what he did last Monday with Pakga, and he will have a part two on June 25, I believe. So abangan na lang po ninyo ang announcement from either NAFAM, Atlanta Pinoy, or from Pia Valeriano. On June 18th po, the Phil M. Greater Atlanta will host the Healthy Living Through Organic Gardening at May Floor Farms, which is in Conyers, Georgia at Stockbridge 30281. I'm sorry, that's 1206 Old Conyers Road in Stockbridge, Georgia. And they will do a farm tour, and um, you have to register at atlantafilm.org. 
Sa June 25 po ang United Nations of Play na naiannounce natin noon and GFI represents the Philippines at the Children's Museum of Atlanta which is an art, music, and cultural exhibit and presentations. And finally, on June 27th, the Philippine-American Chamber of Commerce um, will have a meet and greet and networking event and we call this PACA Goes to Kamayan Atlanta. Because uh, we are going to Kamayan, and this is for members. And if you want to join us, please become a member by visiting us at www.pacga.org slash membership. Yun lang po ang ating announcements. Bago ato koy magbabalik para ipakilala sa inyo ang ating tatlong mga bisita. Welcome back, mga tagapakinig. Ngayon po, I am excited to welcome to Usapang Pinoy si Jose Joey Hortzman Omila, the current and founding executive director of the Philippine Performing Arts Dance Company of Tampa, Florida. He is also the current director of cultural affairs and founding board member of the Philippine Cultural Foundation, Inc. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Salamat po, Joey, for gracing us with your presence, despite your very busy schedule. This is Thank so you, Jenny. It's my pleasure. Hello, hello. Welcome, everyone. This is so timely because as part of our celebration of the Kalayaan Month, it is very timely and appropriate to talk about our culture and our main topic today, which is the evolution of the Philippine flag. So, Wonderful, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so Joey, the Philippine flag was officially adopted on March 26, 1920. And the design was conceived by Emilio Aguinaldo. We know that the shades of blue and red were adopted from the American flag, and we also know that this was not the original flag. Can you that provide insights or the history of the flag, and why do you think it is important for our listeners to know about the evolution of the Philippine flag? Oh, sure, Jan. It would be my pleasure. Uh, first of all, I'd like to greet everyone. Uh, happy Independence, Happy Kalayaan. And... Uh, Today, I'm very happy to share with you what I tried to research as much as I could in detail of the evolution of the Philippine flag. It's very interesting to know how we came up with today's flag, how beautiful our flag is. But there was a lot of controversy in the, uh, the revolution days in the Philippines when the Spaniards came and then came the Japanese and then the Americans. The Filipino um, revolutionary fighters actually mm -hmm. came up with all their own flags. That's why it was uh, so interesting and I was researching it. So I would like to start with just giving you a brief history and then I'll go as quick as possible, sentence by sentence, as the flag evolves. Okay. okay. So okay. we start with the Philippine national flag made its first appearance at the General Aguinaldo Proclamation of Independence from Spain. And that was Jane, June 12, 1898. But prior to this flag, there were several Katipunan flags and war banners of some of the revolutionary generals of their own flags, some of which bear some resemblance to the present national flag. The Philippine flag was banned several times during the U.S. and the Japanese occupation, meaning nobody could, could wear uh, or raise the flag. It was banned. The exact specification of the flag were laid down in 1936, although although uh, the blue used in the flag was no long been an issue of debate among historians. What I can tell you about that later. The blue was changed to royal blue in 1998, very recent, as a compromise of the dispute regarding the use of the Cuban blue. The Cuban blue was actually the American navy blue that you see in all the uh, navy marines. And the sky blue used in previous flags before they adapted the Cuban blue. The flag is divided equally and horizontally into two fields. The top field is blue and to the bottom is red. To the left or flagpole side, as we call it, there is a white equilateral triangle with the edge of the flag being the vert vertical side of the triangle. There are three five-pointed pointers pointed yellow stars in each corner of the triangle. 
in the center of the triangle, there is a yellow sun that has eight rays equally spaced apart, although the rays are split into three at closer inspection. Each of the Philippine flags that has a specific meaning are as follows. Are you ready for this? The blue field stands for the common unity and the noble aspirations of the Filipino people. The white triangle with equal sides of the flag is a symbolic of equality among men. The white field stands for purity. The sun represents the gigantic stripes that have been made by sons of the land on the road to progress and civilization. The eight rays of the sun in the triangle represents the eight united provinces that revolted for independence that we are now enjoying. These provinces are as follows. Batangas, Bulacan, Cavite, Laguna, Manila, Nueva Ecija, Pampanga, and Tarlac. The three stars in the triangle stand for the three major geographical divisions of our country, which is Luzon in the north, Visayas in the middle, and Mindanao in the south. The red field symbolizes the willingness of the Filipino people to shed blood in defense of their beloved country. Philippine law is particularly strict as to how Philippine flags should and should not be displayed. So this is very important if you're listening carefully. There are also other points that need to be noted. When, when the flag is thrown in the flagpole, the white triangle is closest to the flagpole. Or when the flag is displayed horizontally, like when you are putting it on the wall during your Filipino event, the white triangle should be on the left. If the flag is displayed vertically or hanging downward, then the white triangle should be on the top. I hope I didn't confuse you there. In addition, the Philippine flag has a unique peaceful time, peacetime and wartime state. In peacetime, the blue stripe at the top when the flag is horizontal or on the left when the flag is vertical. In wartime, the red stripe is at the top when the flag is horizontally or on the left when the flag is vertical. I hope I haven't confused you there yet. But anyway, now I would like to give you the different evolution of the flag. Yes, hang, worry, hang on, uh, Joey, uh, real quick. Yes, Jane. I, I wanted to thank you about the um, display when it's um, vertical, because a lot of times when we have events and they try to hang it's that as a yeah. background, I they're putting know. the left, they're putting the blue on, I'm sorry, the red on the left, because uh, the, the common knowledge is that you just kind of turn it down so that the well, triangle I will be up. And so we were corrected a couple of times that, look, look the red should be on the left, yeah and the blue mm -hmm. should be on the right. So I'm glad you Correct. clarified that. Yes, yes, absolutely, James. It's good that you read that why I was trying to read it very slowly so that everybody would have, because this is normal. All of us have our Filipino function. And normally you see, you know, it's the same, Jane, when, when, when you have the U.S. flag and the Philippine flag, so everybody would know, you always have, if you're on the stage facing the people, the country where you're staying should be always on the right and the Philippine flag on the left. Okay, and so, so if you're facing the state, the U.S. flag should always be on the left and the Philippine flag on the right. Okay. Okay. So let's continue with the flag. Okay. I right. wish I could show them to you, but anyway, I'll try to describe it as easy as possible. The very first flag that was designed was in the well, this was the evolution now of the Philippine flag. The very first flag was designed by the Katipunans, of course. The Katipunan flag, they called it, was in 1892. The flag consisted of a pure red, the entire flag was red, with a single capital letter K in the center. Very simple. The red field denotes the revolutionary character of the Katipunan. And by the way, the meaning of Katipunan is a gathering. This was the start of revolution for us to get our independence. The single K that stands is in white. And so with a pure red flag, you have the white K in the middle 
capital K for Katipunan. That was the first flag. Okay, it so didn't that take long. I'm sorry, yeah. but um, there's a confusion, and I'm glad you're clarifying this because a lot of us folks, the oldies, thought mm -hmm. that the first Katipunan flag was the one with the th three Ks. So that's that not the, the first one. Same, right. It, it, that is the one that followed just a few months. After. In fact, it's okay. been probably, yeah. Okay. The second design came up also the same year, 1892. This became the official flag of the Katipuna. So that, that's where the confusion is going. Okay. The first one I made you was the first flag that was made to symbolize the movement of the Katipuna. On the same year, the official flag was made, and that is with a three. It's now all red. If you're with me, you're imagining it's all red. And three letter Ks, all capitals, smack right in the center of the flag. This became the official flag of the Katipunan. The full name of the Katipunan with the three Ks is Tataasaasan, Kagalanggalangan, Katipunan ng mga anak ng bayan. That's great. Can you repeat that? Yeah. Oh, sure. Kataasaasan, Kagalanggalangan. Uh huh. Katipunan ng mga anak ng bayan. Okay. So, in English, it's the highest, which is Kataasaasan. Mm -hmm. The most respected association, Kagalanggalangan. And Katipunan ng anak ng bayan, in English, of the sons of the country. Great. So, that is the meaning of KKK, which was abbreviated in three capital Ks. Mm -hmm. The flag consisted of a red field and three capital Ks, very outstanding. Unfortunately, here in the United States, there was the radical flag, all in white, and of course, the same KKK. So don't get confused. We have nothing to do with that. Ours was way back in 1892. Okay, now, even more confusing, Jane. Now, that is the official flag of the Katipuna. Mm -hmm. The same year, a sister flag was then designed and created again. On this flag, the three white capital Ks, this time, were arranged and moved into a triangular form with a big K in the top middle and one K on each side below. Mm -hmm. There seem to be several interpretations of this particular flag with variations on the spacing of the Ks, meaning those two Ks and the three Ks, they were fighting and all that because that was the beginning of the making of our national flag. So obviously, there was always disagreements and so forth. Mm -hmm. It didn't even take them one year. They kept on changing it. That's why when I started, I told you the evolution of our flag consisted of a lot of powerful generals and, and, and revolutionary people who wanted to keep on changing it relating to their revolutionary feelings. And so very interesting. Now, comes the next year, 1893. This flag is known, uh, this flag was used by General Mariano Llanera. If many of you have seen the movies, the Philippine movies that were shown, like General Luna and all that, they actually showed you here how the generals were fighting on their flags. One wanted to use this flag, the other general wanted to use this flag. It confused the revolutionaries that actually there were several times the revolution had a split only because of the flag. Mm. Now this time in 1893, the design derived from Katipunan's initiation rite. It consisted of a complete black, no more red, complete black flag, flag like the pirates, with a letter K, capital K, on the center left, closer to the flagpole, a big letter K. And then a skull sitting on a crisscross bone on the right. And this flag became the Llanera skull flag. Who Named is... after General, general Mariano Llanera. Okay. So he's a general. Mm -hmm. Yes, he was one of the generals. Okay, now... Uh, Two years later, 1895, this time, General Pio del Pilar, or familiar with, designed the flag. This time now, it's vertical and was known as the victorious flag. 
here now the design consisted of a white equilateral triangle to the left, like our current slide. And in each corner of the triangle, there was a letter K, like the previous slides. This time, in each corner of the triangle. So you can imagine now, just look at our current slide and you would know it's almost the same. At the center was a rising sun. When I say rising sun, there was a little mountain. And then behind the mountain was a sun, like you're looking at the sunrise with a rays. That's how it was designed. And then surrounded by the leather case. The rising sun had eight rays, representing the eight United Provinces I told you earlier, mm -hmm. that were placed under martial law by the Spanish colonial government for their uprising in rebellion. So this was the start. So they, uh, General Pio del Pilar decided to design this based on that martial law that the Spaniards, uh, what they call the coast, and they all united the, the eight provinces. They were all uh, told not to use any of this flag. So uh, General Pierre de Pilar designed this flag, and that was in, 19, in 1895. So now I'm, let's move forward. <coughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I um, wanted to, s to check in with you. There, it seems like there were really many, um, a number of flags before we got into <laughs> the present one, like I've heard about the Andres Bonifacio flag, Biak uh, Nabato, yes. Gregorio de Pilar, Magdalo faction. So let's yes, just yes, move, yes. move on to um, to the near yeah. closest um, evolution, how we got into this current flag and when was it adopted and um, how did they sure. all come about? Yeah. Right. Actually, yeah, actually, we just had uh, four flags to go about and then we'll be in that. Is that okay? Okay. So I'll shorten it. So the next flag that was in 18, uh, this was after the General Pio del Pilar. 1896, a year later, was used by Andres Bonifacio. This time he didn't like the original design. He went back to the original, all red. And then there's a big sun right in the middle. And below the big sun are three letter K. This was the first flag that was used in the cry of Pugadlaui in Balintawak on August 23, 1896. Okay? okay, and then this was followed in, again in 1896, the same year, uh, by General Emilio Aguinaldo. So if you saw the movie, they showed this where in the generals were really fighting. So you can imagine the flag, I'm going to do my own flag. 1896, the flag was used by General Emilio Aguinaldo and the Magdalo faction in Cavite. You've heard of the Magdalo faction. Mm -hmm. These were a group of politicians with the general. And they were fighting. They didn't like Bonifacio. They didn't like Del Pilar. So they, they made their own movement in Cavite. The flag was red, all red. And in the middle was a big white sun with a race. But then in the middle of the sun was plain red. And then here came the first, like a letter I, a big letter I, the symbol or an H, if you look at it. If you rotate it, rotate it 90 degrees. It is also letter K. So the reason is because he wanted the ancient Filipino alphabet. Mm -hmm. So the ancient Filipino alphabet of letter K is like an, a letter H with on the side or a big letter capital I. And that's this what we call by buy-in, is that correct? Uh, by buy-in, yes, yes, yes. So if you look at the letter K by buy-in, it's actually like a letter H. Yeah. Then in uh, 1896, the Magdalo faction flag was modified. And, and then the, the, the design was largely identical. This time, they just changed the design of the sun, made the sun bigger and the center round bigger, and then the letter I bigger. That is the symbol of the Magdalo. And then in 1897, the official flag of the revolutionary General Emilio Aguinaldo was adopted by the revolutionary forces of Laís. Assembly in March 17, 1897. The flag was the same design as the Magdalo, but this time they put an actual face with two eyes, a nose, and a mouth right in the middle of a full red flag. We're still fully red. And you can see now a smiling face with, a, with eight rays uh, on the side. And finally, in 1897, the most controversial flag we had was used by the Gregorio del Pilar known as the boy generally in those days. 
It partially he imitated the Cuban flag. At this time, Cuba was also a Spanish colony left the Philippines. It was a state of revolution independence from Spain. So the flag was divided equally on horizontal two fields, like the same form as the parent flag now. And in the middle, instead of the white triangle, it was navy blue. On the top, because it's revolutionary, it was red. And on the bottom was black. No design. Nothing at all. This was the start of heavy revolution now. Mm -hmm. And so finally, the Philippine national flag was designed by Emilio Aguinaldo during his exile in Hong Kong. But the original flag had slightly different proportion to the modern day flag. And the sun that had a face was all, all still there, but you know, with the, with the, the, they reduced the sun. They put now the triangular white, the blue on the top, and the red on the bottom. Why it was the original flag, it was long. So the blue and the red was longer than our current flag. But it was, it was uh, the flag and the sun face within. The flag was sewn uh, at 535 Morrison Hill, Hong Kong by Mrs. Martella Marino Agoncillo of the Agoncillo family of Batangas, wife of the first Filipino diplomat, Felice Agoncillo, with the help of her daughter, Lorenza, and Mrs. Delfina Herbosa Natividad, niece of Dr. Jose Rizal, and the wife of General Salvador Natividad. The flag was completed within five days and handed over to Emilio Aguinaldo before he returned to the Philippines. The flag was unfurled for the first time on the balcony of Emilio Aguinaldo's home in Cavite on June 12, 1898, and in proclamation of our Philippine independence from Spain. The flag was used June 12 up to April 1, 1901. And the same red and blue as found on the Cuban flag, the flag was flown with a red stripe on the top during the Philippine-American War. And then coming the banning, because the Americans didn't want any revolution after Spain, they banned any flag that was flying from 1898 to 1946. And then in 
a bright sky blue on the top line and the red pillow below. The color scheme was abolished and the previous colors in 1936 were restored by President Ferdinand Marcus before they fled to Hawaii. So, Due to the much debated. So today, uh, today, what are yeah. what what kind of blue do, do we have now? We have the royal blue. Okay, which I believe is. Due to the much debated among historians to which type of blue was correct, mm-hmm. can you imagine they were debating it for years? The blue was changed to royal blue as a compromise by the Republic Act 8491, which was passed in February 12, 1998. Okay. This is the current version of the Philippine flag, a beautiful royal blue flag, like the, the royal family of England uses royal blue. We oh, would, fascinating, isn't it? Yes, That's yes, it end. is. And it's. I mean, even if, even to our flag. Yeah. even the Katipunan history. I, I mean, I, we've learned that, and even the colors and the sim, sim, um, symbols well, and yeah. the meanings mm-hmm. of the flag has been always fascinating to us. But as you get older, you really want to kind of absorb it. So that's the reason why I think it's, it's very appropriate for us to discuss it this month. So, however, mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have a lot of time, but I do want to probably get your materials and have you um, do a class for the youngsters in Georgia one of yes. these days? or oh, uh, what, what we can do, we can do a Zoom because with this flag, I have all the pictures of it. I gathered it. Right. And yes. uh, the reason why I was so fascinated by this, this was just of the many subjects and I never knew it was so fast. When I first presented it here, I presented it live and asked all the 23 organizations, mm-hmm. not all, but you know, I had nine flags. I had them hold the flag actually and come forward where people could see while I was explaining. So it was absorbed by everyone. You could actually see the flag. The flag I borrow, uh, there's a gentleman in Orlando who's very active Filipino community by the name of Val Begani, you probably know him. He has the collection. And every time I do a live presentation to the universities, I borrow it from him. If not, we do a Zoom. I have all the pictures. That's great. That's great. We'll talk yeah, about it. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. So before I let you go, this has been yes, very educational. I want to um, ask you real quickly about sure, um, sure. your position in the Philippine community in Tampa and what is the Philippine Cultural Foundation? Yeah, the, the Philippine Cultural Foundation is called PCFI. Short. It's sort of, it's not official, but we, everybody looked at us as as we are the mother organization. Because when we established it here, uh, we asked all the existing organizations, at that time there were nine, now there's 23. We told them, why don't we all join together? Everybody had their own plans of building, their own building and all that. We said, if we put all our efforts together and we form a foundation, you will still be president of your organization. You, we will not dissolve your organs. But anyway, they all agreed. They trusted me because that I was the one who started here with uh, Attorney Ruello who asked me if we could do something like that. And so I used my popular, I came from Europe. I was just only two years here. And I was, uh, they learned that I, I was a pioneer dancer, I was a modeler. And so everybody sort of believed what I was saying. So I said, if nobody wants to, to join, we, we're going to continue anyway. So nobody ever left. And uh, we put all our, our our efforts together, all the organizations, thank God for them, for trusting us. We were just a volunteer organizing. And we were able to accomplish with, we founded this thing in 1991. By 1995, we, uh, we fundraised and we bought our 10-acre property. Wow. And in 1997, we inaugurated, Governor Jeb Bush inaugurated our beautiful Bionian Art and Events Center, 15,000 square footage. And then uh, we established the PhilFest, shortened for Philippine Festival. And that's where we get all our funding to to maintain our property. And uh, PhilFest used to be one day, now it's three days. It's attended by 12 to 14,000 people from all over the state of Florida and nearby states. We invite performers from different states. It's an honor to perform. And our Philippine Center is now one of the best, most beautiful centers here in uh, in Tampa, Florida, which is rented by every school for their problems. But we turned it into 
That's we, we had, yeah. We that's very noble. And uh, for the for those listeners that don't know about this, um, Tampa, the Philippine community in Tampa is um, one of the strongest in the southeast. And they do have a very strong presence, and they have nine regular uh, events every year. And they're getting more and more popular. <coughs> Our folks from California and from uh, Georgia visit them, make the drive or fly over there to, to join them. Well, with that said, um, I don't think we have a lot of time, but I would like to have you again in the future to talk about Philippine projects, a collaboration between Georgia and Tampa and vice versa, and what we can do to help you, what you can do to help our Philippine communities here as well with the cultural My pleasure, part. Jane. My pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, they invite me. Texas invited me. LA invited me to investigate how did we do it. Right. And I'll be, it will be my biggest pleasure to do it like this or via Zoom or personally. Just let me know. We'll I do. will tell them and the pros and cons. <laughs> because if we did it, Everybody can do it. It's just trusting each other. That is the most important thing. That's very and important. Yeah, with that, I'm very happy and proud to say that, you know, we got the presidential award uh, uh, from the Philippines during the time of Arroyo. And then ABS-CBN also gave us the Gabay, uh, Gabay Award of ABS-CBN. And this was because of the most accomplished Philippine foundation in america it's that's nice right to be congratulations recognized. yeah but we're here to share how we did it to every yes. organization in the u.s whoever is listening yes and we will surely be in touch with that said i will let you go for now and thank you jane it was a pleasure thank you thank you for letting me help you thank you so much and we'll talk to you soon bye bye, bye jane take care Mga kababayan, ngayon po ay ang pagbabalik ng ating mahal na si Maria Isabel Isa Thompson who is our 2022 Chair ng Kalayaan Atlanta. And she is going to talk to us about a very important topic na feature which is the focus of the Kalayaan Celebration. Ito po ay para sa ating Kalayaan Month and ating Philippine Independence Day, which is going to be on June 12. So, welcome back, Isa. Salamat, Jane. So, am I allowed to talk Taglish? Since yes. Okay, very good. That's trendy right now. Thank you. And like you said, um, I'm very excited about Sunday. You know, it's just a few days from now. Uh, we celebrate the Philippine Independence Day, June 12th. And um, uh, like I've always uh, told our fellow Kababayans here, it is promised to be a beautiful and glorious and grand, albeit safe, celebration of our freedom. Yes. Everyone is excited. I've, I've seen some of our Kababayans going to the parlor already, getting their hair fixed. <laughs> Well, I, I actually I think I started it. I, you know, I I was uh, with my hairdresser yesterday, so <laughs> you know, and I'm glad I did that because it's like about you know a gazillion things to do to ensure, as you know, right. uh, you're you're good with planning events, you know. So just nuts and bolts, but otherwise, you know, um, I can breathe now, you know, and um, I think. We've done everything to make sure that a dream come true. Uh, well, um, well, the, the dream that was just a dream several months ago will finally come true. Yes, and everybody's so excited because this is the first time in two years that we haven't done this in person. So this is really going to be exciting. I know, and we were just lucky, Jane, to say um, everyone, including our sponsors, I mean, that says the whole thing because even we have uh, been able to attract really great sponsors. Right. And if I, you know, if you would allow me to mention again, sure. Coca-Cola Beverages Philippines Incorporated, of course, our loyalists, uh, Red V Foods, who in the past year, since 2007, has always supported us. Kroger, mm -hmm. you know, um, in the spirit of inclusion and diversity, mm -hmm. has decided to um, to be one of our major sponsors, too. Um, Harry Norman, Realtors, of course, represented by Didi O'Connor. 
Uh, we also have MIU, um, International Credit Union, and other Filipino companies, Filipino-owned companies, and of course, um, 47,000 Filipino Americans supporting us. Unfortunately, we could only accommodate 450 people for this uh, gala. Right. So, um, so it's going to be great. Yes, and the most exciting part, of course, uh, most exciting part for Filipinos is always the food. <laughs> Kidding <Exactly>. aside. <laughs> Kidding aside, of course, the cultural presentations, the talents that you're going to show, and um, the mingles, the meets, meet and greets, and all the um, many VIPs that we're going to have there. But the most unique part of this event, like you mentioned before, is the uh, presentation of... The Musa. Can you tell our audience a little bit more about Musa? I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, Musa actually is, uh, the translation of Musa in English is banana. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, the name of the company and the owner is a young entrepreneur from uh, Southern Philippines. Uh, her name is Joy Sue. And in her line, which she actually introduced, um, in the New York Fashion Week last February, she uses the Musa fabric, mm -hmm. you know, in all her designs. And um, in addition to that, she has a special advocacy, you know, uh, for that involves the indigenous peoples group, mm -hmm. you know, in uh, Davao del Norte, and also the incarcerated, you mm -hmm. know, the prisoners. And um, she's able to give them a means of livelihood so mm -hmm. that um, while they are incarcerated, the families are still taken care of. So isn't that a wonderful advocacy? Yes, that's very noble. That's very it noble. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I read um, yeah, it, that she is a retired CPA. And uh, apparently her, uh, she's got global ambassadors from... Uh, from the Philippines, of course, to like one, two, three, four, about eight different countries internationally already at this point. Yes. But yes. Uh, she was, uh, she decided to retire as a CPA, certified public accountant, and devote herself on this. Um, this is her passion. Okay. At the same time, she's able to provide livelihood, mm -hmm. you know, to the less fortunate of, of the Philippines. And, um, at, at some point, I think uh, being an ambassador, she also reigned as Mrs. Philippines. Oh, wow. Yes. Goodness. Yeah, I, I did know. see her picture. She's a beautiful she's a beautiful woman. And, of course, we're going to have her here uh, in the next few minutes. And I was telling the audience that, look, guys, I won't be saying anything because we have a few guests today. This is going to be the longest podcast for a while. <laughs> you won't be hearing from me for the next two weeks, but we have, we have to talk about this because this, this, this is about the Philippines and the Philippine independence um, celebration. So what I did, um, I failed to tell you uh, uh, last time we talked is that when you were talking about banana fiber, of course, the Filipiniana costumes and the Filipino material that we use prior to banana fiber is the piña, the uh, pineapple. Correct. But yeah. what I didn't tell anybody is that when I got married in 1987, the Barong Tagalog that was worn by my late husband now, but um, my groom then was made from banana fiber, and it was really beautiful. Oh, wow. And you still have it? Did I, you preserve it? Yes, yes. I have it. I have it. Oh, nice. Yes. So I, when, well, we, when you were talking about that, I was just like, oh, wow. <laughs> I was ahead of my time. <laughs> but nobody knew, about, uh, nobody knew about banana fiber at the time. It was right. just so my sastre. <laughs> right. You're the trailblazer. Mm -hmm. And uh, as you know, but banana is abundant right. you know, in the Philippines. But she is working with Dole Philippines to make sure that their the supply chain is ample mm -hmm. and you've also preserved the natural resources. You right. know, of the you know. So it's amazing. She's a beautiful person inside out and like you, I don't want to um, you know, dominate or monopolize the conversation because this is all about House of Musa and this is all about Joy Sue. So 
I would like for you to take it away and, you know, just um, and just give the floor to her. All right, then we will let you go then and we will give her a call here and hopefully she's ready for us. Oh, she will be. And All right. tell her we're proud of her. We're proud to be Filipinos like her. It, definitely. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Isa, and we'll see you Sunday. Maraming salamat, Jane. Thank See you. Sunday. All right. Bye. Ngayon po, mga kababayan, ang ating pong final guest for ating kalayaan um, pagdiriwang, ang ating pong very special guest, uh, her name is Joyce Sue, who is the owner, founder, and CEO of the Musa Fabric. Yun po ang pangalan ng kanyang company, which has really taken off since its inception in 2020. Joy is a um, native of Tagum Davao del Norte, if I said that correctly, and she'll correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, she is a beautiful woman who is also a beauty titleist in the Philippines. And let me go ahead and turn it over to her so she can tell us about what Musif Musa Fabric is about, um, the products, the fashion, and how it took off in her advocacy. Hello, Joy. Welcome. Hello. Uh, magandang hapon. Hapon na dyan, di ba? Yes. So, magandang hapon sa inyo dyan. And also, uh, good morning from here, Philippines. Um, as what I uh, said, my name is Joy Sue, and uh the founder of the Musa Advocacy. Actually, it's an advocacy that I spearhead started last in, uh, 2020 during the inception of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So, bago-bago lang itong Musa and it's called Musa because the scientific name of banana, which the fabric is made of, banana fiber, mm -hmm. is Musa. And this is a social corporate responsibility of our company um, I'm into a retailing of computers, laptops, and also bicycles. So uh, I've been uh, doing this business for 18 years already here in Mindanao. And ngayon, uh, during the pandemic, uh, I ventured into this program, uh, something that would give back to our community. At ito yung Musa. And it just, it just started to almost three years ago and talagang I never thought that it would bloom this far and even reaching you all there uh, in the U.S. Yes, it has taken off because what, from what I've heard, you have global ambassadors and you are now in USA, Canada, Australia, mm -hmm. New Zealand, Switzerland, Japan, Thailand, and Singapore. Ah. Congratulations! Yeah, thank you. That was the beauty of the pandemic. Meron pa palang beauty din mm -hmm. ang pandemic na that. I realized that connecting online is something that we did not do here in the Philippines. Siyempre, iba yung uh, way of marketing namin dito compare dyan sa inyo. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, no, we are uh, Philippines, the third world country. And then during the pandemic, we realized better pala yung online. We can reach a lot of people pala online. Right. So even, uh, you know, buying things now, uh, ngayon pa yan na uso dito na online na lang lahat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Compared dyan that you don't need to go to the malls at iba-ibang. Iba dito eh. When like my usual business, we really do caravan. Mm -hmm. We really go to places like that. But he, now it's no longer uh, the same as before. And ito yung way na ang Musa na palago because of online marketing and because of digital marketing. Maraming uh, nag-watch ng documentaries that I made for Musa. Mm. And so, yan, uh, naabot sa kahit-kahit sa ang bansa during the pandemic. Yes. Yeah, we are so proud of you. Now, are you just you. doing the are you just doing the fashion? You buy the material from the uh, produce, I mean, the suppliers, or do you have anything to do with producing it or like manufacturing it from the fiber to the cloth? Yeah, actually, it's uh, manufacturing, precisely, it's manufacturing because uh, this fabric is made from scratch. It's made of banana fiber, mm -hmm. yung trunk ng saging ang mm -hmm. ginagamit. These are bananas that are being exported. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
uh, for the information of everyone, Davao del Norte is the banana capital of the Philippines. So dito yung lahat ng mga planta ng mm-hmm. bananas dito sa amin, uh, like Dole, Tantilco, yeah. yeah, we have also Del Monte. Del Monte. And uh, these are uh, being exported. And yung trunk, na pag naputol na yung banana after maharvest yung banana crops or banana fruits, hindi na kasi yung nagagamit. And mm-hmm. our province, with the partnership of the Department of Trade and Industry and Department of Labor and Employment, uh, they conducted training for this. Actually, it's uh, the Department of Trade and Industry, yung nag-research actually mm-hmm. ng, uh, ng uh, process on how to make the fabric. That was in 2019. There was no pandemic yet during that time. I remember my friend from the Department of Labor and Employment um, sent me some pictures of the fabric that they made through hand weaving. Mm-hmm. This is made of uh, this is made out of hand uh, weaving using the weaving loom. Mm-hmm. So mano mano siya. In uh, our province, trained a lot of groups in 2019 for this. But then there was no market during that time. Nobody thought of making patterns out of this uh, fabric. Yung ginawa nila parang plain lang. They, originally, mm-hmm. they are targeting. They were targeting placemats, mm-hmm. table runners like that. Right. And during March uh, 2020, before March pala 2020, uh, that was supposed to be our graduation for the fashion design. In uh, two years ago. Not two years ago, but when I was 40, I changed and shifted career. I am, by profession, I'm a certified public accountant. Mm-hmm. And for 22 years, I said, there's something missing that uh, I really am no longer happy of what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. I decided to pursue another passion, which is, this is actually my passion since I was a child, to become a fashion designer to be in the entertainment, to be in performing arts. Uh, I've been doing these things when I was younger. And then, of course, hindi naman uso yung fashion design here mm-hmm. in the province because right. my parents don't want me to pursue that passion, especially during my time. I'm 46 now. Hindi uso ang ganoon. Mm-hmm. Uso yung mag-nursing tayo, mag-doctor, just like you, maybe most of you there in the U.S., Philippines. You know, there are nurses, doctors, and mag-accountant, ganyan. Yung parang board exam course yung uso noon. Right, so, right. I just followed my parents' uh, parents' wish for me. And then, later on, I decided, why not follow my passion? It's not late yet. Mm-hmm. I was 40. And so, I did. Supposedly, it was our graduation, and I was looking for a fabric that I could represent during the Philippine Gala. Mm-hmm. But sad to say, our graduation did not happen in March. Kasi nga nag-pandemic. Hopefully, matuloy naman siya siguro ngayon. Oh, wow. <laughs> And, yeah, yan yung reason eh, that I was looking for the fabric. I remember my friend, yung sinabi panina in 2019, he sent me those pictures. So, I went to our province and asked, saan ko ba makikita yung mga na-train? And then, the nearest na group that they trained, is the provincial jail of Davao <laughs> del Norte. Ito yung mga tao na nasa loob lang ng facility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bilangguan jail. So, mas pinili ko silang puntahan compared to those uh, trained in the LGUs, mga mm-hmm. indigenous community. Although, it has already been extended to them today. But pinili ko yung pinakauna yung mga prisoners kasi nandun lang sila sa loob. Hindi tayo right. nahihirapang mag-gather sa kanila. Mm-hmm. And so it started from there, and I never thought that it would become an advocacy. Kasi yung mga asawa na nasa labas ng kulungan, every Friday when I go there to pay the prisoners of the labor that they, uh, that they out, out, out of the output that they made for me, nandun yung mga asawa naghihintay, and they are, you know, like, it's, It's ironic that their husband is there inside, but mm-hmm. still, their their husbands are able to give their wives uh, income. Na pangbili nila ng bigas, pagkain. And so I thought of 
why not i-continue na lang? It's right. not just about the graduation, but let's continue this. But then, they we woven, they have woven a lot of fabric, pero nag-lockdown naman tayo. Worldwide mm-hmm. pa naman yung lockdown noon. And nobody would buy clothes. Our graduation did not happen. So, parang, ano kayang gagawin ko dito sa mga fabric na to? And then, when I followed a lot of luxury brands in Instagram, uh, ginagawa nilang face, yung mga big brands gumagawa na ng face mask. Mm-hmm. I decided to make my own face mask out of that fabric. Yun. Wow. Pumatok siya when I uploaded it on Facebook. It's not just nationwide yung nag, nag, ano, nag-respond, but worldwide nag-respond, especially Filipinos from the U.S. Mm-hmm. Doon siya nagsimula lahat. Right. So, to, to, yeah. to clarify it, yung, yung weaving, yung labor is the incarcerated folks uh, tagom. Is that correct? Mm-mm. So, yung sewing um, naman ng, ng, ano, ng, ng fashion, which you design, who is doing that? Uh, during uh, 2020, I hired a lot of seamstresses. Actually, meron na talaga akong shop, but it's not uh, producing Musa outfit, mga gown, mm-hmm. mga special events. But then, uh, during 2020, parang nakulangan na yung mga seamstresses. So, I hired a lot of seamstresses. Ang dami din seamstresses eh, na yun bang ag-abroad sana. And mm-hmm. then, then, when they went back here, na, na ano sila naabutan ng lockdown so they were not able to go to Saudi mga mananahi ng mga damit ng mga prinsesa sa Middle East oh. mga ganyan oh wow oh, yeah mga factory workers sa Hong Kong na nagtatahi so mga ganitong klaseng mga tao na hindi na nakapag-abroad mm-hmm. dahil ng pandemic so when i posted here locally uh, for the hiring of the seamstresses and dami-dami pumunta sa shop. So, sila na ngayon yung mga mananahi. So, hindi oh. na rin nag-abroad yung kita. <laughs> that, that is, um, that, that's amazing. So, who uh. who designs? Because like the, I'm sure that you saw that the uh, flyer for Kalayaan is your design. And I heard that you also did a fashion show in New York. So, who does the yes, design? Yes. I did I did the design. I'm doing the designs uh, right from the very beginning for Musa, especially on the patterns of the fabric. And mm-hmm. then I do the design for the clothes. Mm-hmm. And right now, dahil nga napakaraming clients na abroad and also locally, I hired, uh, I pulled designers, homegrown designers here in the Vaudel Norte. Hindi ko na kaya na ako lang mag-isa. Right. So I decided na, This is act, this advocacy is not only mining. It's of the whole province of the Val del Norte because everyone supports this from the province down to the people, mga dabaunons. Uh, they mm-hmm. are really supporting. You know what? It's the first ever fabric in the world. Itong musa na made of banana fiber. Right. There are fibers, but it's made of abaca. Abaca or pineapple. Yeah. I, abaca and pineapple. Right. Oh, yeah. I was telling Isa, um, I was telling Isa that when I got married in tw- 2007, that uh, that my husband's barong uh, that he wore to the wedding was made of banana fiber, and I don't know where that came really? from, but somebody designed really? it. Where the, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not pinia. No, How it's not. It's not. It's it? banana. I I don't know That's because good, no? yeah. So when when she t- mm. when she started when we started talking about Musa and she started talking about banana fiber, I was like, oh wow, I didn't know that anybody I'm else. Made it. I'm sorry. Maybe it 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 is made it uh, it is made from here. I don't know. It, yeah, yet. But uh, when I we research about Musa, the first Musa, not Musa actually, it's a fabric made of banana. It was made in Japan. Um, it was way back in 1900s and you know it did not thrive it's mm-hmm. because banana cannot thrive in Japan right. and so when Dole Sunshine company this is my partner now for Musa Dole Sunshine when they learned that there is a banana fabric that is made uh, here in Davao del Norte they uh, contacted me and partnered with me Because the owner of Dole Sunshine in the uh, Asia Pacific is a Japanese who is also in, into textile. 
mm-hmm. uh, business in Japan. And they remember that the first ever, they connected it to their roots. Right. The textile nila nung una, yes. tawag nila yung mga kimono nila is bashofu, is made of banana. fabric made from banana fiber. So parang na-connect. And then right, uh, right now, uh, because of the help of those sunshine, Musa even soared higher worldwide. Dahil ang, ang ginawa nila is uh, they uh, turned their waste into uh, a fabric. Mm-hmm. Doon ako kumukuha ng mga fiber aside from the cooperatives na kinukuhaan ko dito sa Davao del Norte. That's great. You have so, a very big impact not only in your community, <laughs> but, uh, kundi sa buong probinsya ng Davao del Norte and... <clears throat> And the Philippines yeah, as a whole. We are so proud of you. Yeah, I think God uh, pulled all the people together for this. Because you know what? I have to share this to you. In 2019 of December, uh, that was the time when I really poured all my prayers. For three years, I've been looking for a purpose in life. There is really missing. I I was no longer happy being an accountant, practicing my profession. Uh, going to the businesses of different clients and also even helping with our own business. Parang there is really lacking about this. So, yun, I went to Jerusalem in 2019 of December at dun kopi nur out lahat. I put, I wrote on a paper my prayer that uh, sana bigyan mo na ako ng purpose or something mm-hmm. that would uh, inspire me to wake up every day. Kasi hindi na ako na-inspire ba? When I wake up, parang Ito na naman yung gagawin ko. Mm-hmm. Is, is there uh, anything na pwede ko bang gawin when I go home? Eh, I'm truly inspired. Eh, yun, when I put the prayers there in a paper and then put it in the wailing wall of Jerusalem, they say when you put the prayer there, eh, all the prayers in the paper, they are going to burn it in the Mount of Olives and mm-hmm. your your prayer will really come true. Ang dami ko na kasing miracles na narinig about it from my friends. Right. Well, in December, in Dece- that was December 2019. In January 2020, that was the inception of the pandemic. That was the time that I was looking for a fabric. And it just so happened. So, sabi ko, I believe this is the answered prayer that I, right. of those, that one that I've been looking. Yeah. So, the first patterns that I made of Musa, ang mga pattern na ginawa ko dyan, yung pinakauna talaga in 2020. Are those colorful things that I've seen in Israel? Mga churches na very colorful inside, and also even the leaves. I went there uh, autumn season, paano na siya po winter. Mga mga patterns na nakikita ko, even patterns of the of the fabric that is put on the camels. Yun. So colorful kasi siya, and it brings an impact to those that first time no makita mo siya during the 2020 pattern mm-hmm. talagang maka maka capture maka capture siya ng attention yeah. because of the color yeah, that's a big mm-hmm. because somebody was like showing um or posting some when you were about to go to New York for that fashion show back in a few months ago and they were posting mm. in the Georgia community and uh, i've seen some of the pictures and they were really very attractive so um before mm. i let you go i want to and correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm, I want to announce your um, website, which is www.themusafabric, which is T H E M U S A F A B R I C dot com. So in ulit ko po yes. mga tagapakinig ang kanya pong website ay www.themusafabric.com. Pero pwede ko bang ibigay mm-hmm. Joyce sa kanilang iyong email? Are you, uh, do you want to do that or would yeah, you rather? Um, the one that is really very active is the Facebook uh, page. Okay. Uh, it's Musa Fabric by Joyce Sue. Okay. Uh, that is very active and uh, there are people who keep responding to all the messages. I've assigned people uh, that will respond. I also respond. So yun pinaka-active siya and all the products are there as well in the Facebook shop. Also, mm-hmm. my Instagram account is active, Musa Fabric by Joyce. Yeah, also the the website, you can email there. There's uh, 
uh, nakalagay there, chat me, or mm-hmm. uh, you can automatically email. I will be the one who's receiving the email from the website. Great. So lahat ng uh, mga uh, gustong mag-explore sa Musa, uh, those are the platforms that you can uh, get into. Great. So we will help you advertise. We will help you spread the word. Thank but you. First of all, we want to congratulate you and we want to uh, let you know that the whole Philippine community in Georgia and I'm sure in the whole USA is so proud of you. So, yeah, um, And I would like to, to uh, thank Isa Thompson, mm-hmm. of course. She, she was the one who reached me out. I was there in, in February and uh, she called me and uh, talked to me about this. We plan about this, and then here, here we go. Uh, June twelve, mm-hmm. uh, yung activity, right? And I'm so excited right. about this. Good luck sa inyo, and I want you to know also that I'll be coming back on September. There's a New York Fashion Week, uh, awesome season, and more uh, beautiful creations for Musa Fabric will be showcased. Uh, during that time so salamat sa inyong lahat uh, for supporting Musa yes so when you this is already yes mm-hmm. definitely so when you come this back is... in September we would like to host you again in Usapang Pinoy and we would like to uh, yes yes to come come down yes, here uh, looking forward to that yeah, personal appearance is what yes. we're asking for <laughs> uh, hopefully, hopefully yeah we'll, we'll make arrangements that's uh, a few months um uh, in the future so with that said i will let you go and good mm-hmm. luck and please stay in touch and like again uh, i say uh, we are so proud of you maraming salamat thank you so much maraming salamat okay so mga kababayan ito po ang pinakamahabang uh, episode ng Usapang Pinoy because it is our Kalayaan Month. So, hindi na po ako magdadagdag ng ibang topics kundi magpapaalam na po ako. Pero bago po sa lahat, gusto kong sabihin sa inyo na our history as a people never ceases to amaze me. We all learned a lot about this in school at a time when we were not paying attention. As adults, I for one cherish this renewed enthusiasm to keep hearing about our history and culture because that's the only way to preserve it. Another way, of course, is to teach our kids because it's like succession planning in business, diba? Kailangan may plano ka nang ipapalit sa'yo. Sino ang matitira kung nawala na tayo if they don't know our history and cultures and our traditions? So we have to let our younger generations know that's the only way we, can, we will continue to exist. So yun po, magpapaalam na po ako ngayon. Maligayang buwan ng kalayaan. Happy uh, Independence Day. Hanggang sa muli, paalam muna sa ngayon. Bari, bari. Kami pa'y ayaw ko.